0: it's the quality, it's the quality of the sessions and I think that's so hard to explain to people. Like, and people think like, you know, uh, intensity is just doing more. Maybe not. Maybe intensity is doing less and with more quality, you know? And I think that's something I'm trying to just share with other people and my clients and, Everyone's like, well, what do, I, what do I do next? How do I do more? It's not doing more. Do, be in that moment and focus on what you got there. And that's going to take you over a long period of time. This is Marco Dapke, owner of CrossFit MFP, Regionals 2018 athlete for the CrossFit Games and also strength and conditioning coach at Haverford High School. And you're listening to the Heads and Tails Podcast.
1: Welcome back to the Heads and Tails Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Somm, and each week I bring you an inspiring athlete's story of perseverance, or expert knowledge, in the field of sports health and safety. Just like flipping a coin, you can't control what happens to you in sports or in life. You can always control how you respond. This is my response after suffering a traumatic brain injury in a high school football game, and I hope it leaves you feeling both inspired and informed. Welcome back to the Heads and Tails Podcast. Uh, today I'm excited to bring you a repeat guest, uh, this is going to sound really familiar to Marco because I forgot to start recording before. But Marco is a repeat guest. He was our featured guest on in episodes 73 and 74. He's a CrossFit Regionals qualifier. Second year in a row this year coming up, uh, which is an incredible feat. And last time we talked about his um, overcoming uh, acute lymphoblastic leukemia. I said that better this time okay. uh, in, in round two. Uh, and also kind of how that derailed his senior season of football and what led him basically to CrossFit regionals uh, last year. So I think it'd be cool to kind of bring us up to speed on how those regionals went for you last year. And I know y- you got close a few times, uh, and then f- last year you, you finally did make it. Uh, so, yeah, can you just bring us up to speed for a second time? Right.
0: Uh- no problem. <laughs> uh- yeah, well, it actually made me think about it because – um, the fact that I came close the year before and how heartbreaking it was, like, miss, n- missing a qualifying spot by one spot, like, m- made me really want to enjoy that process more of just being at regionals than actually competing well. But going back to, you know, what I was saying when we first started this, it was like, I, I believed that I could compete very well and, you know, break a top 15 or a top 10. Um, But going back to being realistic with myself, um, I know that from the the work I put in and, and where I needed to be, to be at that legitimate level of being a top 10 or top 15, I knew that I just wasn't there that year. And Now that the standard of making it at regionals is so much higher than it used to be and just, you know, what the standards are just being at overall, you know, uh, games athlete is supposed to look like, um, I know that I just needed more time. And I think to even make it to regionals now, you have to have a a very high standard of of what is required to be there. So going into regionals, uh, I just wanted to enjoy the experience really but I wanted to be able to represent, you know, everyone who was watching me and supporting me and uh, really give it my best. But um, I did have moments at regionals last year where I did not, um, I wasn't satisfied. And, you know, I'm not going to, like, show that or whatever because just being out there just for, not for me, but for everyone else is a big thing. You know, people are watching you. You're representing. You're doing more than just being there for yourself. You know, for me, being a local um athlete around this area there's not many or hardly if any of those so uh everyone keeping up with me and showing support was more important than me actually doing well so um i didn't perform as well as i wanted to uh there were some events where i thought i was going to do a lot better and i practiced but you can't you just can't recreate those scenarios in training like getting no reps on movements like for example there was the one workout it was event three on the second day um on Saturday and it it was work I felt very confident going into it was uh the overhead walking lunges double unders wall balls and you had a the shortcut rope and then back down the wall balls double unders walking lunge and I was confident because I love wall balls I love rope climbs I loved I loved all of it and uh you know I started out at a pace I felt like I could maintain, and I just did not – I just couldn't maintain. Like, I think I've started off really well, and, like, halfway into the workout, I crashed and burned, and this happened to me in multiple events. Um, and reflecting on that, I don't – you know, I, I talked to um, – like I was saying earlier to you when we were working out, I said, you know, I think some of it had to go down with, you know, well, what was I eating? Was I eating enough? Um, did I cool down too much before the workout because – um, you you 're waiting like twenty minutes before you work out, which is something you have to start training and practice so you you get you know your time to warm up you know when your heat is, and then they you know put you in uh in gates for about fifteen minutes and you have like another five minutes of transitioning out to the floor before you start so you kind of cool down a little bit and i don't know I'm, i i don't know i 'm not making excuses or anything but um I think most the, the biggest thing was I didn't eat enough and I was talking to coach Steve Wakefoos over at Cross Westchester. He's been getting a lot of nutrition. Um and he just kind of mentioned to me cuz he was there with me in the back and uh he said, you know, I, you you just probably aren't eating enough. And it's hard cuz there's it's just a, such a nerve-wrecking weekend where you know there's a lot of anxiety, there's you know you're not getting probably enough sleep, so yeah, I think that was just the biggest thing for me. But overall, um, you know, I ended strong with the final event. I feel like I did as best as I could, and uh, I placed 27th overall out of 40. And uh, for my first year being in, as an individual, like I've had experience on the team, like we talked about last time, and that gives you experience being out there. But having like a year off of that and just uh, being out on the floor for the year prior, not qualifying, um, you know, there's it's a lot of variables. So I think overall I did really well, and everyone was really happy that I went and they're even more excited this year that I'm going again now that it's in Florida.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm interested about that cool-down thing, you know, like a part of your training. I know you talked about the, the nutrition and how you think that might have had something to do with it. But, like, why is it important to warm up? And what happens when you go into something cold, like a high-intensity mm-hmm. exercise cold? Like, what does that do, you know, physi- physiologically?
0: Well, for – what I notice, right? Well, physiologically, you I mean the blood flow and your heart rate cools down and, um, it's going something where you have to go maybe zero to a hundred really quick, right? And you, and you have to put that effort in, um, your body has to rewarm up. Your heart has to get, get pumping. The blood has to get flowing. Um, and I think that if you train that, you know, you can adapt to that and more mentally prepared. Some of it's really could just be mental. You know what I mean? Like Mentally, you just might psych yourself out about it, but um, definitely, I think the warm-up has to be longer when you're in the back. Like, you have to, you know, do a couple, like, maybe do an extra 10 minutes on the bike or row, rower, um, alternating your pace from hard and slow, or maybe do a couple more rounds through the actual, like, like a little couple of demo rounds through the actual workout, and like, make sure your heart rate's really up, and then then you know time that out a little bit better before you actually go in the gates and they call your heat that way there's there is some time to you know where your muscles are still activated they're not going to you know um you still have somewhat of like a like a sweat going going okay. and you still feel warm so i think some of that's timing and i think i did not warm up enough either because one thing too is you know as a someone for your first year being out there you're you're surrounded by all these uh Veterans that have been at regionals, you know, all I mean, you know, all these people. You do your research, I've seen a lot of these guys, I know most of these guys, and uh, it's it's tough because you know, you know, that you you deserve to be there, but it's it's intimidating, you know, being around these guys. So, like, you know, warming up, it's very tense back there. You know, some of some of these guys, I mean, nobody talks to each other, dude. No one talks to each other, too. Like, I mean, guys, I know, like, I'm very cool with, but it's like tense energy. And, and sometimes, like, the vibe is just kind of negative. With I mean, I don't know, maybe some of these guys are just so in the zone. I try to take a different approach. I'm like, I try to be somewhat, you know, joking around and high energy, but it's very tense. So I think most of it just to prevent that cool, you know, that cool down of being in there still staying warm is just simply warming up more um, instead of getting through, you know, having to go out there just – like, oh, I feel like shit.
1: How so. do you uh, translate that into, like, a sport like football or soccer, like at maybe, say, halftime or something? Like, how, how do you mm-hmm. – like, what advice do you have for athletes who have these, like, 20-minute lulls in their game and to kind of stay warm and not get hurt and stuff like that?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, and now that I'm working at, at a high school – with a high school football team, actually I was I was looking at this – at the, at the state at the state uh, um, semifinals, when I went to some games. I just kind of took note of, like, what other teams do, like, for their warm-up after halftime. Like, how good is their warm-up after, after halftime? Or are they just kind of, like, going through the motions? And the thing is, for kids, I think a lot – I mean, athletes are, just can compensate so well. They can kind of just go here and there without really having a poor um, effect out of – out of maybe not going right to a up because they're kids too. They don't think about this stuff. They just like, they just go for it, but uh, they, they need to understand that, Hey, maybe if we do uh, some more dynamic movement and some, instead of just stretching, like actually getting moving and, and uh, you know, getting a little sweat before they go onto the field after halftime or, or know after their halftime routine and all that, like they might perform a little bit better. Um, So I think, that it's, it's crucial probably to have uh, after, you know, halftime warm-up routine that's specific. And that's something I've been kind of planning for the kids because I know that at the high school at Haverford where I'm working, they don't have something like that. so And I took notes of that. It's, it's funny you asked me that question because I was looking. I'm like, what are they doing after their warm-up or for their warm-up after halftime? Yeah. Well, so
1: what kind of things do you have spinning around in your head of like that you're going to think about implementing
0: in? It's very simple. I mean, just moving through a dynamic stretching Um, specifically in, like, the hips, uh, you know, hamstrings, especially the hamstrings because that's where uh, they're going to most likely get injured in their groin and so on. Um, Maybe just, like, quick sprints, Uh, maybe some just uh, sports-specific type movement, Um, lateral work, shuffling, uh, high knees, uh, maybe even some miscellaneous things like – were they doing some like crawling or something like that. It's it's I don't know yet. So yeah. something where they're they're moving more. And and maybe just not like staying in, in a big circle with their wide feet, touching the ground, you know what I mean? Like right. that's not really getting your body warm. They they need to activate things and, and go through a flow.
1: It's it's funny you say that because all those things that you listed off, I mean to me in my head like knowing what I know now. I mean, I'm not obviously as well versed as you in this area, um, but I also forgot to not only start recording today, but also talk about the theme of this podcast, uh, in particular, part one, uh, which is going to be about earning your intensity. And this kind of goes into play. But I was thinking, I'm like, imagine you have this whole football team doing, you know, bear crawls, you know, after <laughs> halftime. Like, what people are going to think? Oh, my God. Like, The people in the stands, the other team on the sideline, Mm -hmm. they're going to think, like, you guys are freaking crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, in all actuality, that's probably going to set them up for more success than anything. But I think the kids, that might be a challenge of, like, to be actually fully engaged Mm -hmm. and really buy into that when they know they're going to look like a freaking idiot, you know, Mm -hmm. to the girl Mm -hmm. in the stands or, you know. Yeah. I don't know. I just think it's interesting.
0: No, that's that's – it's important but like you have to preach that like from this time of year on like understanding the whole concept of earning things and uh the concept of earning your intensity which we kind of dive into is that there there, there's a process and you got to trust the process and that's one thing we've been preaching at all year like you have to trust the process like the things i'm i'm presenting to you guys now is going to it's it's a long-term thing This, this isn't an overnight process, and, and the fact that um, you know, if you don't do the little things, it's many steps over long strides, right? It's not trying to just go for go all out right away, expecting that you're going to win your championship right away. Um, you have to take those those little details into effect, and sometimes that's you know taking your warm up more seriously, maybe after having just one more training. Like, what kind of, what kind of, you ask a high school athlete, go to any high school, like, what's your warm up like? I don't warm up. Like, what warm up, you know? Um, and again, like, I just
1: throw the 45s
0: on. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, look, they're young kids, too, or just anyone in general, like, maybe that comes to your gym. Like, I mean, if there's, if, you know, no previous history and they can have, if they have good movement in general, like, their warm up may not have to be as long as others or so on and so forth, but like, from a physiological perspective of um, muscle activation or just stability, um, body awareness, getting the nervous system warmed up. Those are very, very important things I've had to learn through trial and error that I find more important for me too, in particular. Maybe not as, not, not to other people, but um, that to me gave me the concept of like earning your intensity, um, especially when it comes to something like CrossFit.
1: Yeah. And I remember you did a, you put up a post like a few months ago that talked exactly about like earning your intensity. That's something that like resonates with me, you know, because I got hurt doing CrossFit because I didn't earn my intensity. Like Mm -hmm. I didn't do those little things on the side to Mm -hmm. prepare my body to go through what I was putting it through. I didn't eat what I was supposed to eat. I didn't do all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even when I look back on my athletic career, like I never did that kind of stuff. So, I think if athletes really embrace that mentality, and that's something that you obviously have done and mm-hmm. found success doing, that I mean, the sky's the limit for a lot of these these athletes. Absolutely, um, man.
0: It's it's so important. I mean, it, and it's such a it's, and it's a difficult thing to have people understand. It's though. like
1: not a sexy thing.
0: No, it's not a sexy thing, like it, at all. And it's it's so it can get frustrating sometimes. Um, unless you have people or kids or, or clients that truly believe in you. Because when you have, I mean, I have plenty of those people that, like, they, like, their head down, They like, I trust what you're saying, you know? And then you have people that take it as a joke. And the people that take it as a joke, see, the, the, there's usually a consequence with that. And I mean, it could be an injury, it just could be, like, a minor setback. But, like, you have people that, like, have, to have the switch, like, all right, I need to. I need to try to do something a little bit different. Um, and you going back to your experiences as an athlete. And, like, I preach that to the kids. I try to preach that to the gym, and I preach that to myself. Um, and I try to, like, that. It's just. yeah. It, you you it, walk your talk, yeah. Yeah, you have to. Yeah. As, as, especially as a gym owner now.
1: So with regionals, I, I'm trying to think of, like, so what you learned from that experience. So you kind of learned that maybe your nutrition wasn't quite on point. Um, you talked about the cool down period while you're waiting to go out on the the floor to do your workouts that that might've been a little too long. So you got to warm up a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Is there any other thing like an overarching theme that you kind of have embraced going into this
0: next CrossFit regional? Um, For me, it's to, well, let me, let me kind of bring that back for going. What I learned from that last year was that i mean obviously i need to eat probably more carbohydrates i mean i i had some experience going through like nutrition coach for a little bit it's just for me i didn't end up paying for it but like getting a lot of feedback on that like eating more carbohydrates how i eat carbohydrates before and after my workout and how that affects me as an athlete um i took with me but uh one of the biggest things i took away from last year's regionals was training with intensity now we just talked about earning the intensity Right. And that was a big thing. Like, you know, I, I need to train with more intensity.
1: What is intensity before we get too so, far?
0: Well, let's look about it as intensity. Right. How does CrossFit define intensity? They don't define intensity as like, you know, how red your cheeks are, or how loud music, uh, yeah, loud yeah. music or grunting. You know, there's actually like a physiological thing to it. And we learned this like in exercise science and CSCS. That's simply the fact that, like, you know, you can look at your heart rate, um, and in terms of like relativity and, and how that heart rate is affected when you're exercising, um, you can look at it in terms of loads of weights, uh, and then know, I think when people think about intensity with CrossFit in particular, uh, or just maybe in general, it's like how hard are you going? Like you're going at a, at a at a you know almost a maximal rate of whatever you're doing in terms of your exercises and. Usually, that physiological th- product of that is, you know, your heart rate's higher, you're sweating a lot, um, breathing hard, your, uh, you know, your muscles are fatiguing more. So, like, those are the types of things people are, are probably correlating intensity with. Um, and I guess that's an easy way to explain it, right? I mean, those are what—that's what you feel when you're actually doing intense exercise. Right. Um, and I think because but what comes with an intensity too, like you, cause you're going faster in workouts. What do you have to be a little bit more aware of? You have to be more aware of how you move. Uh, you know, especially when you're transitioning from maybe like a pull up to a thruster to, um, you know, going on the bike, whatever it is, you know, in a workout. Um, it's being intensity, but now you have to add another factor of, understanding your movement and doing movement well and this is a maybe a a downfall maybe and it's I don't think it has anything to do do with CrossFit it's more just maybe people educating this is like instead of just going head-on and just trying to go faster in movement it's being efficient with the movement Um, that's really what helps intensity but also helps you staying healthy and I think the people that get injured and have issues are people that don't really – they just go through the motions when they're trying to achieve intensity. Does that make sense a little bit? Yeah. I'm trying trying to articulate on this a little bit better.
1: They're not engaged in the moment. They're just trying to survive.
0: Yeah, Yeah. and this is almost like – and will we look at it from a regionals athlete perspective or a games athlete perspective? Which is an incredible feat, and I don't want to like –
1: I want the listeners to realize like how freaking hard it is to make the regionals and to make the CrossFit Games. You have to be on like another freaking level uh, of – Athlete to to accomplish
0: that? It's tough to share. But I mean, I think for the most part, I mean, the higher level regional athletes and games athletes, like they're doing that in super, they they have that intensity, but they're fully aware of their movement. Um, But like you have to now, especially as a gym owner, teaching people who aren't most, (laughs) no one is at that level at my gym now. I mean, how I'm going to have coming in through the gym. But uh, how do you, have them understand that intensity but also build that what we call like mindfulness perspective to it of, of being aware of your movement understanding how your movement and if you do that well you're going to earn your intensity like you're going to earn your intensity by moving and understanding and being self-aware as you move and I think that's where good coaching comes into play and um and the good coaches in general really preach and there's a ton of them out there I mean it's but, I mean, that's where maybe CrossFit might get its downfall is where they probably see – you might see people who just kind of g- – just try to go hard and go through the motions. And that's probably – those are people who probably are going to get hurt. And they don't maybe take the little things seriously, like the warm-up and understanding that in the warm-up of uh, why that's important to prevent things from, uh, like, injuries.
1: Right. Um, do you feel like you had more pressure on you this year because you made it last year?
0: Uh, I actually felt less pressure this year. I mean, I think for anyone, at least in my position, who's on the edge of making regionals, um, I mean, it's not like I placed like top 10 in the open process uh, every year. Like I'm always on the edge. And that's just the kind of athlete I am. I think I'm very consistent in everything, but going back to being more intense, one thing we didn't finish is like, I, one thing I learned is I need to push harder in my workouts. Like I need to to maintain, like, with, uh, you know, the the t- those top five guys who are in the top heats, I have to be able to push that, and that's what I learned. So I learned not only about the nutrition aspect, but, like, I need to mimic that intensity in my training all year. So my training all year, honestly, without putting pressure on myself, like, I knew, like, I always, I knew I wanted to be at regionals again. But, like, without putting pressure on myself, instead of saying, hey... I need to be at the gym five times a day to to get back to regionals. Um, if I want – because I always want to. I mean, it's – I'm a natural competitor. I love it. It's just – this is my th- own therapy. And so that – to put less pressure on myself, I'm like, you know what I need to do this year? I just need to show up at the gym, you know, at least for an hour and a half, maybe two hours, maybe not even an hour and a half. I earn my intensity. I, I really take my warm-up seriously, prehab, rehab, any accessory movement. Um, then I, you know, I hit whatever weakness type of lifting or movement or in general that I have to do. And then I hit my Metcon or whatever conditioning with intensity, meaning going hard and thinking about that feeling I need to have when I'm maybe at regionals this year. So for me, it was earn it. So start moving well, prep the body and then I always worked on something I needed to work on. Like, I never did a workout this past year. Maybe it was something I truly felt like, I mean, I love this workout because these movements are in my wheelhouse. I always worked my weaknesses. I think that's one thing that helped me maybe get back to regionals this year, even as a guy being on the bubble. That's why I'm on the bubble too. Maybe at, you know, 17th last year I was 18th of just making it in is because, I mean, I only did one workout a day every year because I had a lot of other things going on. I had a bigger vision than just making regionals. But I uh, I tried to get in that one time and, and really hit it hard. And obviously, if I really wanted to make it to you know the top ten in the open, and hopefully maybe one day making it to the games, if that ever, if I'm ever that good enough, is you got to put more work in. Now you got to keep working more weeks, to have another training session. Really, that's what the best do, um, and that's why I'm content with just being on the edge this year. Um, just making it in and still being, I, mean, I still got better, right? And people are like, dude, you only work out like once once a day. Like you're not, like how are you going to make it back to regional." Right, but I'm it's like, the quality of those it's the quali- sessions. Yeah. It's the quality of the sessions. And I think that's so hard to explain to people. Yeah, more like, is not always better. And people think yeah. like, you know, uh, intensity is just doing more. Maybe not. Maybe intensity is doing less and with more quality, you know? And I think that's, Something I'm trying to just share with other people and my clients. And everyone's like, well, what do, I, what do I do next? How do I do more? It's not doing more. Do Be in that moment and focus on what you got there. Right. And that's going to take you over a long period of time. I guess, like, I, I hear what you're saying when
1: you said that you need to have more intensity in your workout sessions, you know, based on, like, from your performance last year at regionals. But, like, take us through, like, what's going through your head when you're in a training session and you're, like, trying to go as hard as you possibly can. But, like, are you still thinking, like, all right, like, am I doing this right or am I just going to the motions trying to survive? Because, like, you know, everyone's worked out to a point where they're, like, done. Like, mm-hmm. your lungs are burning, your mm-hmm. legs are burning. Everything about you just, like, wants to stop.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But to me, that's, like... As high as intensity gets,
0: mm-hmm. so relative to you too. I mean, right. That's that's your relative intensity,
1: right? But it also puts you in a place where you're not really in control of like your movement. You're just like you're doing your deadlifts, like trying <laughs> to do like as much. That,
0: that's like what I picture. Like <laughs> no, I mean honestly, that's and that's what people think of when maybe sometimes intensity, and specifically CrossFit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. I like that you said that. How do you do, like, with poise? Like, how do you keep
1: the intensity as hard as you need to go? And like, I can only imagine the intensity that you have to do to compete at the level that you compete at. So that's why I'm like, how do you stay poised while still being that like fatigued and tired, right. and like your body's just like screaming it's at you?
0: Experience. It, it's well, once It starts with this. It starts with, and I learned this years ago. It starts with the quality of the movement. You can't really achieve true intensity if you don't have quality movement. I mean, you think about it like this, too, also. Well, you're in a class, right, and you see the guy with horrible form just going as hard as possible. Like, sometimes the, the shittiest movers have, you know, are, are really, you know, they're going the hardest, but, I mean, they're not getting more reps out of it, right? So we're looking at maybe in a sport where you need to get more reps in, in quicker times. It starts with the efficiency of the movement is your movement look is it is good quality, right? Are you stable in your positions while you're moving fast, right? So just having good movement, step one. And then applying that over and over with experience to your training sessions. Um, the hard part for me is that I do, I trained a lot by myself. And so I have to recall mentally in my own head, like, what that regional's experience is like, or what that effect feels like, um and I have to kind of just think about that and try to immensely apply that during my training sessions. but what you're asking too is well how do you how do you maintain that efficiency of movement while you're feeling like death in a workout, right yeah. I that's just that's just repetition.
1: Is that how you f- felt when you were at regionals though? Like during the oh, absolutely. I, yeah.
0: I I you I mean you hit your threshold at regionals. If you don't hit your threshold at regionals, uh, I mean, I mean no one doesn't hit their threshold because it's regionals. This is like this is what you train for all year, and the intensity at regionals is so much more because you're are surrounded by people that are better than you, um, people that are at your same level. You know it's. You're, you have no choice because if you want to compete and you want to do well you have to push yourself to that limit but you also have to know like what is your limit and I think I learned that last year at regionals like okay maybe I tried to push too hard at first and that, I mean that's why I crashed and burned uh, maybe because I wasn't adapted to that intensity so that's again trial and error I have to trial and error that through my training I have to trial and error say for example let's say the heavy wall balls under a lot of fatigue and intensity already. You got to train that through your, your workout. So that just comes down to programming too. Like I have to program those types of scenarios. Um, also one, just making sure I'm more efficient at the movement first. So I have to have different training scenarios where I would just work on being efficient at the movement first. And then over time you, you transition that to um, those movements under that fatigue and intensity and that's really how you can start adapting it and then next thing comes to as well is like I said I train a, by myself all year find people to train with and that's what I've been I, I've been able to do like once or twice a week here of having some friends come in and just trying to put myself in situations like that maybe not all the time but on the weekends is like being surrounded by people who um just maybe push me more or just being around people in general will make you push harder. I was going
1: to say because, like, you're probably always, like, the top dog, you know, like, when you work out. So, like
0: – Well, there's – I've been – I'm around people that could beat me in workouts, in specific types of workouts. But, um, you know, it's it's just good to be around people. And that pushes you to maybe that – to think more about, like, I got to push myself harder because that's what it felt like at regionals.
1: Right. Okay. Um, I guess another question that I have is, like, when – like when you're trying to push yourself as hard as you can and like i know as athletes like you're always trying to get bigger you're always trying to get stronger you're always trying to get faster like you can never be bigger stronger faster enough it's Mm -hmm. always like so do you ever get to a point when enough is enough like all right like i have a 350 clean and jerk just like as an example like a number that you have in mind that you're like you know what like i could probably you know Mm -hmm. maybe not focus so much on that i don't know
0: well, that's a, that's interesting because I actually would like to talk about this. Is there isn't there? See, the thing with the, this is the beauty. I'm I'm realizing as CrossFit game the CrossFit games as a sport, but even even a general gym. We'll get back into that in a second. But like as CrossFit as a sport, there there isn't that like there isn't enough is enough. Like they're not gonna. The way the workouts are prescribed every year through the open the regionals, the games, they're always challenging, like, what's next? Like, what – all right, so you, cl- you can clean 350, right? And, again, maybe there, there is a standard, right? There are statistics, like, f- for qualities of an athlete to make it to regionals and to a games. They
1: have this profile. Yeah, like,
0: they have a profile of, like, height, weight, and just lifts, times, on, on workouts, but um, just in general – the CrossFit Games and like this is one thing I really enjoy is that they're always providing new challenges, new standards, and it and you know and so, that's sometimes at the games. Let's say for example, the one year they provided a pegboard at the games, uh, maybe like three or four years ago, and no one could do the pegboard, right? And it was a challenge, and I think what does that challenge so people are people in the CrossFit games? They're not going to say like, well, it's a pegboard. I'm never going to be able to do that. People are going to be like, well, well, shit, I got to learn how to do a pegboard. Right. Right. And that's just change. It just changes people's mindsets of like, there is no threshold. Like we can be capable of so much more as athletes and discover more and more about ourselves. And like the way that they make these workouts every year, it's just the standard has become so much higher. Like, you look at workouts now, if we look at statistics of the workouts that are presented, uh, you know, through this year compared to seven years ago in the sport of CrossFit, that's um, – it's it's so much – like the stuff that's now that people years ago would never have been able to do. So I think it, that's the beauty of it in terms of the competitive side is that there is no enough is enough. So, But you have to be able to tell yourself as a competitor, like, be content with maybe what you can do physiologically. Like maybe I'm only going to be able to just physically clean 350 pounds. Maybe I can't, I maybe may never be able to clean, clean and jerk, you know, 385 pounds after I do a burpee and dumbbell squat, um, workout under extreme fatigue. Like I may never be able to do that. So I have to be content with what I can do. And, um, you know, but I can always strive for that. For me, it's, um, I'm in that mindset right now where I want to work up to the standards that they have.
1: Yeah. I think it's also – but it's interesting what you said because it wasn't necessarily like – I guess when I asked the question, I was thinking more of like a back squat. Like if you have a – like, well, I hit 500-pound back squat. Like now I'm going to do 550. Like Mm -hmm. or now I'm going to do 600. Mm -hmm. Or like you keep raising the bar. But I was interested to hear kind of where you took that was – it was like – a different avenue like you went to the pegboard it wasn't like i need to clean you know more weight it's like well i don't know what they're gonna throw at me so i need to be like more well versed yes absolutely
0: yeah and even as like let's let's take you know the football kids in general like it's being prepared and uh learning new things and, and being uh adapted and having variability and things and like that's the beauty of just human's uh In terms of fitness, I mean there's so much we can learn and so much we can do and you know i try to i my goal here is to set a standard of of movement and have people discover your discover your potential like we're capable of so much you know even if it's a five hundred pound back squat and you know running a sub five minute mile um you know is that cap- is that possible Yes, I mean I have to be and again going back to just saying enough is enough like well you know, I think for me, squatting 500 and run, running under a mile is good. And there's going to probably be a time where, like, you know, I don't need to squat that heavy and run that far and, and the fat, that fast. And I'm just content of just feeling good from day-to-day basis. I Like, let's say for you, for yeah, example. Yeah, that's the place that right? I'm Right, That's yeah. your, your enough is enough is like, you know what? Because I went past my enough is enough. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, the, like, it, people might have, have, that, have yeah. that experience that makes them feel like that. Like, you know what? My enough is enough is just I don't lift heavy. I just want to, you know, have six-pack and look well and feel well, and that's totally cool. Like, that's great. I mean, I think people being content with where they're at is important. Um, so, for me, it's enough is enough is, is going to be when uh, maybe when I'm not competing. Or, I mean, I'm always competitive, so that's a hard thing, but I just love the idea of, there's always a new standard like there's never going to be a standard at least in the sport of crossfit i think the, the way people are progressing um obviously without performance enhancing drugs or anything like that the way people are advancing in in these new standards is just it's amazing
1: it's cool uh did you have any like injuries pop up through like from last regionals to to now
0: actually i have not i mean i've i've felt um I feel better going into this year. Like I had, a, I think I had a, like a little tendon issue in, the, uh, in my hamstring on my right side um, last year. But I think it was just an overuse thing. When I mean, you're training at this at this level, I mean, you, you're going to have an overuse injury. No, no elite athlete in in any sport. It's not we're not talking cro- like in any sport. There's the the body can only handle so much unless you do things that are unnatural, maybe. Um, but I've been really good. I had, uh, I did have a shoulder issue earlier this year. Um, I don't necessarily know what the cause of it, but I, I knew it wasn't a serious injury. Like you, for me, I'm very self-aware. So I know what my body says to me for most, for the most part. Like I know like how I'm feeling. I can, you know, my body talks very well with just my mental aspect, but, um, very zen. (laughs) But I, uh. I added something with my shoulder and what I did was I thought about that whole earning my intensity thing. What am I not doing to keep my shoulders healthy? Like what's my balance to my training? And it was probably just an overuse thing. And I just, I took care of it through movements and having movement variability and different accessory work. And it it just, I ended up feeling a lot better and I don't have any issues anymore. I'm even stronger, and more stable now.
1: Awesome. Uh, Yeah. I mean, it's, that's what athletes need to realize is, like, you need to, you know, address, like, when you're feeling off, like, all right, you okay, address it. do have push a problem, th- yeah, yeah, don't push through it, And exactly. But you
0: know what? As an athlete, sometimes you have to, like, I hate saying it, but, you know, when do you push past it and when do you not? And right now, this time of year, like, when I had it, like, you do not push past it. You got to assess it and take a couple steps back to move a couple steps forward. Um, I mean, like, I've always had a knee injury, like, I had a serious injury playing football. Uh, you know, I think back then they didn't even diagnose it as anything, but I definitely had some torn meniscuses and uh, um, just maybe an ACL injury, but they didn't find anything. But I still have a knee injury and I still have a knee issue, but I take care of it so well just through um, understanding my movement and, and change, changing things up a little bit where, like, it's very manageable and it feels better. I think most of it's arthritic. They did when I had surgery they did say it had a lot of arthritis in it, so I have to manage that. Like even today, like even when we were training, like 'cause it's rainy and understand like different days and different pressures in the air can can change how your your arthritis is and stuff like that, but and I'm twenty six, so I mean, you know, whatever, but uh I mean I, I, I do very well with dealing again, just listening to my body.
1: Right. And you were kind enough to take me through kind of like uh, earning your intensity warm-up today before we worked out at your gym. And, I mean, it wasn't, like, what people would right. generally call, like, high intensity, but, like, mm-hmm. it was intense. Like, I was sweating my ass mm-hmm. off, and um, it was difficult stuff. So can you just tell us a little bit about, like, um, what we did? And uh, we recorded some videos, so everyone listening to this, um, you're going to want to go over to our Instagram page, at Heads and Tails, um, or and also the website on the, on the blog we will have these up on YouTube some of the videos that maybe are of exercises that you could do to add to earn your intensity whether you're into crossfit or whether you're into other sports um so yeah can you just explain a little bit about what we were doing
0: yeah i try to look at um warm ups and everything and and this isn't stuff like first of all just i i didn't make any of this stuff up this is stuff that's out there um and this is one thing i think that we can dive into is that there's definitely uh, like a a trend of accessory work, um, varied types of strength training in general, and specifically like CrossFit in the CrossFit world. There's like this huge trend and huge changing of of how people are looking at. You know, just doing metcons and just doing your strength and just doing your gymnastics and the stuff that we were doing today is what that trend is. It's it's a it's a it's varying your movement and movement patterns so that you're creating a more balanced system of of your muscles. Like for example, in CrossFit we do a lot of movements, and this is in general, this like in the sport or just most workouts programmed via main site or just what's been in the past is like. Movements in like a sagittal plane, uh, you know, just kind of straight up and down. Um, you know, similar pulling, more pu- maybe more pulling than more pushing this way type thing. You know what I mean? So these are things that that are are are, are constant, that are constantly programmed usually, um, just from the past, right? So I think there's been a change of direction. I think this from other um, CrossFit professionals or other just maybe people in CrossFit just searching different ways of becoming more educated um like how do we stay more healthy and how do we even maybe progress our strength like what's next so for example like we were doing in our warm-up today um like a a landmine press um you're never going to see a landmine press um in 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 a high intensity type workout I mean it's 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 intense like you were saying because uh the demand of the movement because it's it's a it's a we could say functional quote unquote and it was working a lot of muscles at once but right. um, it's something that we don't do maybe a lot in a foot workout like for example we're in a half kneeling position so what's the benefit of being in a half kneeling position it's you're working stability in the hip um, and directly in that position and then when we add the load to it with the landmine that's the load causing the hip to actually, you have to think about stabilizing your hip. You have to think about your glute being active in that position. And then we're pressing the weight at a 45-degree angle. What do we mostly do in cross? We mostly do up, like and, a down. Sh- up and down, straight up. So that yeah. sagittal plane-type movement. Or uh, maybe once in a while we're doing, like, push-ups or, you know, uh, program bench press and stuff like that. So that plane in particular um, is or just that range of motion we don't do often, so it's it's a balance to all that, right? Like, yeah, we can still do our you know high rep push press or whatever, but what are you doing to balance that? Because if not, you might get an overuse injury. You might, you know, you never say you will, but you might.
1: Right, but you said that you've stayed relatively healthy by kind of embracing this right. mindset of balancing it out. Yeah. And we
0: looked at it too, like, well, where can that apply? Think think about this: someone who's so like involved with the cross, like. Well, where can a lame lim- press help you in a cross movement? All right, think about a handstand push-up. When you're coming up out of that handstand push-up, maybe if I'm doing like a strict one, you press and you're pressing out almost at like that 45 degree angle. You're getting the same musculature activated and involved, and then you go to your lockout from there at the top. The movement just applies, and then you get the extra benefit of being in a half kneeling position because you're working your hip stability. Um, if we go to something like the uh, le- like lateral squat, and we have the kettlebells racked um side to side your 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 range your 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 direction of force when you're pushing up out of that lateral squat is different than doing your front squat back squat overhead squat thrusters wall balls it's just straight up and down so now we're moving in a different plane of motion when we push into the floor so that's working different musculature that doesn't get enough maybe you're just working quads and hamstrings all the time just doing your normal squats, but now if we work side to side, we're working the hip more, inside and outside. Right. Just a really simple way of I don't have to I don't I don't talk fancy like I'm not here to talk about like well you have the adductors here and then the gluteus. Me-. <laughs> like that's not how I talk. I'm, that's not how people listening and yeah, talk, people listening yeah. and like how you, you, like you want to be that coach to explain to a client who doesn't understand an- anatomy and physiology like just say hey like pushing side to side is different than pushing up and down. And you're going to feel a difference, right? You're going to feel that difference of pushing side to side and pushing up and down. And that is going to create longevity. And it's probably going to make your legs stronger. And that's going to transfer better into to, into your, your workouts. Right. Um, especially if we change the tempo. Like three seconds down, second pause at the bottom, and then, you know, changing the tempo of movement. If we, like what do we do when we start a crossfit workout usually? Three, two, one, go. When you're moving, it's – Um, you know, work capacity across broad time modal domains, you know, um, move loads quick um, over long distances quickly. So we want to move fast. So what's your balance to that? You got to move slow, Slow, right? That's a good point. So I, that's what I'm thinking about. Again, that's what's, I'm not making this up. Like this is preached upon, upon other, you know, CrossFit guys or just other high level strength conditioning coaches or just movement specialists, This isn't anything Marco made up, It's but I take it and make it my own thing. Right. You know, like the half-kneeling anti-rotational hold that they'll see a video of. Like rotational core. Like we don't really have any movements in CrossFit in terms of the sport that I'm looking at where we're working that type of range of motion. But it's a stability movement. We're not actually pulling the band, but we're stabilizing that position. And stability should be looked at more often than maybe just stretching a lot. Uh, You know, are people stable? So um, I find that exercise, too, in, other, in particular, just a really good exercise. Uh, I learned it through other methodologies, and even before maybe this trend of accessory work happened, like we got this trend of accessory work maybe within, like, the past year and a half. Like, this stuff was, wasn't, was like, popping up on, like, why Why, you
1: think? More people getting hurt, or?
0: <sighs> I think some of it is um, an injury-preventative thing. Maybe not people getting hurt, but, like, if we look at it maybe from a, a CrossFit Games athlete's perspective, like there's so much volume and so much training going on. Like you can't just do the you know the five times a day. There has to be other training approaches. Um, and this stuff has been around for ages. Like this is your normal strength conditioning um, type of protocol. Like, you know, not just doing construct centric. You're doing eccentric and isometrics in your training. But also taking that and applying that to, like, your gymnastic movements. Maybe not doing, like, a bunch of chest-to-bar, but, like, maybe slow down your tempo for accessory work with that. Um, like we did with the strict underhand uh, uh, chin-ups. Yeah, yeah. chin-ups. Yeah, Yeah. so, like, um, I think it's because maybe people were getting more injured. And I think for me, like, I, it just took my eye. Like, when I was l- out working this other personal training job that we talked about last podcast, like, I just, it, it's intrigued me. Like, I think any good coach or strength coach should be intrigued by a different movement. Like, I'm never like someone to like judge or put something down. Like, you know, hey, I'll go try Orange Theory out. Like, if <laughs> you know, I don't, I'm not someone gonna judge on it. Like, you can obviously have initial judgment from what you see, but like, you really don't know anything until you try it. Right. So that's why I tell people about CrossFit. At least in my gym, like you don't know anything until you actually walk in the doors and try it, and then give a good experience. Like I tried stuff like other things out. I was very, I'm very open-minded. Like I'll go try other things out. I'm not someone to be like, well, this way works and this way doesn't. I think the best coaches kind of take what they like from other things, the good things, and make it into their own. And that's what I tried to do. Um, and I just like the idea of the varied types of movement and. Um, learning and seeing what's out there, and just trying to educate myself, uh, I think that's just a, a really important quality for me, at least, to and have and in a myself. a coach, yeah. Um, I think it was just something I really, and I really, I'm really into it. Like you feel better like doing that stuff, right? Yeah, you,
1: and it, yeah. So just to kind of explain, like when, before we did the workout, uh, Marco had me do uh, just step ups. You know, with like a eccentric. So like when I was coming off the step, I was just trying to go slow, like you, like you had uh, mentioned earlier. And generally, like my knee would be—I have a knee issue. In case you're, this is the first time you're listening to this—would be like feeling uncomfortable or unstable in that position. But I was actually feeling really good based off of like the stuff that we were doing, and I think the time that we took to do it—we didn't like rush through anything. Um, and then we went and did the pull-ups, mm. and I, yeah, I felt ready for mm. our workout.
0: Yeah, and honestly, like nothing. Well, look to me, nothing beats like the feeling of like doing a good metcon, like that that endorphin high and like the, that intensity. People like right thrive for, like that's such a good feeling. And I, you know, the effects you get from that intensity of a workout. I mean, that's why I love CrossFit. I mean, but for me, it's like slowing things down is that balance. You don't have to go hard all the time. Like you, you're, if we're looking at CrossFit. I mean that we're technically doing CrossFit. We're, you know, it's the variability to it. it. Might not be at. I mean, it still feels like you're at a high intensity doing that, cause like it's it's a complex movement. Yeah, we're my doing. heart was like. Really yeah, I was, I was breathing yeah. hard too. Like yeah. you breathe hard from it. Like oh, you know, this is this is a good workout.
1: Time under tension is hard sometimes. Oh, yeah. and
0: that's the, that's huge. <clears throat> it's like, um, I'm I I think it's just such a good thing to start to incorporate. And I think you know you see like. And it's a sexy thing now. Like, you go on Instagram and Facebook or whatever, like, doing accessory work is now a sexy thing.
1: That's cool. I like and that. And it's cool.
0: It's like pe- – now you see, like, a lot of CrossFit people getting into this, a lot of coaches getting into this. Like, there's, there's like, you know, uh, a bunch of, uh, like, Active Life RX type that, like, there are a program and uh, CrossFit, you know, chiropractors who, you know, don't just, you know, do this type of stuff. But, you know, they, they do CrossFit as well. And I think – um there's nothing wrong with the crossfit methodology it's it comes down to the coaches and the programming like do you change things up and it's a hard thing and this is a challenge kev is just like how do you apply that to your to your classes and make people understand that like even though that's maybe on in social media and instagram it's just, it's a sexy thing now but like in the regular general population like you get try to get people to like do a half kneeling anti rotational hold or like this is dumb Like this is weird. Like I look weird doing it. Like trying to tell someone, like, hey, let's do some quadruped crawls, in our warm up, and do all this weird shit. Like people are like, I don't like doing this. Like I look weird and I feel weird doing it. Like how do we? No, how do we make this? Uh, you know, how do we apply this to our gym? And I think for me, having my own gym now, starting up, like I'm from square one. With I could just start educating this from day one
1: right it reminded me of when we were talking about the high school kids that you coach and like when they go out for halftime and you're having them do bear crawls like everyone's Mm. gonna think that they're weird but like you said if you get them to buy into the Mm. program and they see all the the gains that they make Mm. you know in the off season with Mm. your programming and they're like wow like they'll really buy into it And that's Mm. exactly the same thing like you said like when you have new people come in the gym like if you start from the get-go like this is how we do things and like this is why Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you know they'll be cool with it,
0: dude. That's and that's so right. Like that, and that's what I did with the kids at the high school. I took them all. Uh, we we from day one, we they I couldn't. I they didn't even I weren't. They weren't even allowed to lift weight. Like they had to earn lifting weight. Like you had to earn it. And we started with like doing weird shit, like making them just move like athletes, being athletes, being very strict with positions and tempo. Um, and they and they're buying in. Like they're all in. They see the res- like we're twelve weeks in. We still have so much more time to go, but like they see, like I I start started from the beginning, like trust the process. You have to trust the process, and you have to be willing to. I mean, and, like they they look, like it'd be different if like I didn't look like the way I was, and if I was like you know fat and out of shape and like didn't look like a coach right. or have that vibe of a coach, they probably wouldn't buy into this. True, it's different. Like I walk the walk. I try to, you know, I don't want to be the coach who isn't going to make someone do something that I wouldn't do myself right I think that's important I think and that's why they really really bought into me Um, and that's why I think people at my gym will be able to buy into what I'm trying to help like I'll program CrossFit The methodology is so important and I'm going to program muscle ups and things that are very tough but like what's the balance to all that you have to have I think that's going to help people stay healthier longer and just make them better movers and just feel overall better
1: a couple more questions before we wrap up this segment of uh, our interview. So, part one. Uh, when you talk to these high school kids and you tried to, you said you made them earn the intensity. And I respect the hell out of that. Um, before they even started lifting heavy or lifting weights, like you made them earn that right. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that's a cool approach. I think more coaches need to take that approach. Did any of the kids like say anything to you or like uh, give any?
0: No. They, they, they I would, well, you have to be a hard ass. Okay. Like you know you know real strength coaches, you know in the industry, like I'm probably not even as hard ass as a lot of strength coaches, like compared to even my high school strength coach when I was there, like we didn't take the same training approach, but he was just like you you wouldn't question him because he was just tough he his his vibe was tough, and you have to be very strict like you you can't show. Uh, like a weakness as a coach. So like, when I first came in there, like it's, you sell them, and you sell. I mean, like we had an orientation where like I talked to them and I sold myself, and they knew my story. I mean, they actually brought up like the page of like the podcast that we did, like the story, like, and see of and see how my story was and why they would they should trust me and like my certifications was another thing, but like just seeing who I am, um. But you have to be tough and you have to like you, – you you don't allow them to question you. You don't right. allow them to question you at all.
1: I think that's an interesting point too though because those kids are lucky that they have you because, right. because they embrace that mentality of like they would listen to anything that someone in your position told them whether it was good for them or bad for them, mm-hmm. right? So I think that's kind of a difficult place that we're in in terms of like – the strength and conditioning at the high school level because not every strength coach is like Marco Dabke, you know, like they could be still doing stuff that we used to do back mm-hmm. in like, not we cause I wasn't born, but like in the eighties, like. Yeah, strength absolutely. And absolutely. Yeah.
0: That's, that's huge, dude. Like that's one reason why I'd start volunteering my time there because the standard of, of high school strength conditioning is not present. So I knew that I, like, Have them realize – they realize, like, shit, we got an opportunity to be – real. like, any high school has a legitimate strength team, they're good. So, once they realize that opportunity, they were all in. Yeah. It's all about opportunity, and I think – you know, I I hope that, you know, there's other people out there who would be willing to just help change that standard in high school sports, not just football, any sport, Um, even specifically female sports. But um, it's so essential for kids to learn how to just properly do it instead of just having your fittest coach – teach that to kids but it's funding too so
1: cool uh how often do you do this accessory work is something you do every single day or is it like an every other day thing
0: well right now it's it's only when i feel like i need to do it so for example like i have to train practically too like i have to train how it's regionals is going to be like right i can't just i can't my workout every day i can't just be lateral squats like I have to train scenarios, regionals, the volume, the movements, the the scenarios. I have to train like that or else I'm not going to perform my best. So my scenarios and my movements and my volume has to be like that. But what happens with that? There's a, there's always like an overuse consequence at training that hard. So I listen to my body and I say, uh, well, you know, what have, I, what have I done a lot this week? Have I done a lot of like hinging and deadlifts or a ton of squatting volume or, you know, a lot of overhead stuff? I just listen to how I feel and I think, I look at it like, well, I look at the pattern of movement I've done all week and I try to balance that out. Like if I've done a, a lot of pull-ups, maybe I'm doing a lot of, uh, you know, maybe I do a day, accessory day where I do some single arm high pulls cause that's the opposite direction. Uh, if I did a lot of squats, make sure I'm doing some single legs squatting. So making sure I'm getting that unilateral work and just maybe lateral squats where I'm working different directions. Um, doing like a lot of overhead carries, uh, just making sure my shoulders are, are getting stable, making sure I'm feeling that, making sure I feel better. And so, like, I might just take a day like, and if I just listen to him, hey, today I feel like crap, but I want to move. I'm just going to do like a big circuit of accessory work, things that I haven't done in a little while. And I'm going to get a good sweat. I'm going to feel better because it makes you feel good because you feel like your nervous system, It's not, it's not high volume. It's not taxing on your nervous system. It's it makes you feel better. It makes makes you feel more activated. Um, it's just a really good feeling from doing. It. I still feel the, I still feel good after a CrossFit workout. But like, when I'm beat up, just from just, I mean, you have to train hard. You got to push your body to its limits. So, I think I'd, I'll take a day or maybe two during the week, and I'll just like do all accessory work, and I feel good. And it's actually good recovery too.
1: Cool. And you post a lot of this stuff on your Instagram account too. So where can people find you and kind of you know, stay up to date on some of the best uh, accessory work that you know you're 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 utilizing.
0: Yeah. Um. I I don't put, post as much, but I try to keep updated. Like you can go on my Instagram account. Um. At MadFitPerform, so it's M. A. D. With the under slash Fit under slash Perform. Um. Mad is my initials. Mark Alejandro Dapke. Um. Fit and Perform. That's my that's just my business. If anyone's asking, that's what MFP, where MFP came from. We can kind of dive into that next. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, people are finding these things from like, look at like the functional bodybuilding trend and um, active life for Actually, like, you see all these things like, I, and I'll post these. I'll once link in those a while. accounts up too. Yeah. And I'll, I'll put po- and I'll like post a, like a video of like that once in a while, just because I feel like um, you know it's not just going hard every day like you do. Like, I'll do some Turkish get-ups and stuff like that just because it makes you feel good. Yeah. So.
1: Well, I really appreciate that you take that mentality, and I wish that I embraced that early on in my athletic career, and I hope that athletes listening
0: to this... I learned from trial and error. <laughs> you learn from trial and error, man, like you did.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, I guess I learned a little too hard or harder than I would want to learn because I'm still limited in a lot of things I wish I could still do um, because I didn't have that mentality. Uh, but either way, I wish, I hope that people you know, listening to this... Mm. Learn from my mistake. I know you said trial and error too, but you're still you still you are still going. I'm I'm those days are over for me. Uh, so thanks, Marco, and for those of you listening to this episode, tune into next next week's episode. Um, that's gonna that's with Marco. We're gonna talk about the athlete duality of how he's an elite athlete, uh, elite CrossFit athlete, but also an entrepreneur on the side. So kind of really focusing on having an identity outside of your sport and having other passions and interests, uh, that you pursue and you could still compete at the highest level. So be sure to uh, tune in for that one as well.